You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition, which means it's time for a Sunday six-pack of best bets with Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and we'll preview Thursday night football. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt Williamson. We've got a good one this week, Matt, on Thursday night. There's a three-way tie right now. Two of those teams in the NFC West playing in primetime on a short week. The 6-3 and three Arizona Cardinals at the 6-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Great one. I mean, I can't wait. It's going to be, I'm sure, an exciting game. Two super exciting quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks are trending a little in the opposite direction. You know, the, the, the Hale Murray and Wilson's been turning the ball over a little bit. But deep down, I think big picture, and this isn't necessarily my pick for the game, I think we're a little too down on Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and maybe a little too high on the, the upstart Cardinals, you know, just in terms of public perception and where these teams are. I'm really interested to see, you know, will Patrick Peterson do battle with DK Metcalf sort of in a Jalen Ramsey-like fashion, which really worked against Seattle. Tyler Lockett's not especially healthy. I'm assuming he's going to play, but I don't know that for sure. Going to be interesting. I mean, I know the Seattle defense isn't very good, but it's much worse in coverage than they are, you know, at the second level and their ability to maybe contain Kyler as a runner. Jamal Adams, Wagner, those linebackers. Not that he won't hurt them on the ground. Of course he will. He hurts everybody on the ground. But those are good football players with range. Um, A a little note here, though, too, is the Cardinals' starting field position, we talked about that the the last week, I guess it was, really bad this year. And Seattle, despite some of their faults, they've been really good on special teams. So in, in terms of hidden yardage and things like that, keep an eye on that favoring Seattle. It really seems like a letdown game for how the Cardinals won last week and coming on a short week to play yeah. uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And I've got to believe there's going to be a little bit of a bounce back with the Seahawks. I mean, four interceptions thrown by Wilson in the last two weeks. Um, and I think four. Was it more than that? I think, at least, I think two picks in both the last two games against the Rams and the Bills. I just really think there's a bounce back there. I don't expect to see that Russell Wilson ongoing and again so I just think bounce back favors in both locker rooms favors the Seahawks in this game and they're at home they don't have to travel on the short week and uh, so for, for that reason I do really like the Seahawks and then uh, you look at the line they're favored by three I think that's perfect so it's hard for me to really favor because I like the Seahawks but I don't like them by like a ton so Seahawks mm-hmm. favored by three I think they nailed the line I've got the Seahawks straight up if you're if you're making me pick against that against that spread I guess I would have to still take the Seahawks because when you look at when they played the first time and the Cardinals did a really good job of taking away DK Metcalf, but 
Tyler Lockett went for, what, 15 catches, 200 yards, right? Um, but the Cardinals were still able to win that game, and they won that one by three. So maybe I'm underrating the Cardinals. Maybe we're not giving them enough credit, and maybe this is the week that Kyler Murray you know, puts his stamp on the division and puts his stamp on the league and says, yeah, guess what? I just leapfrogged you in the MVP race. Now it's my trophy to lose, and people yeah. are going to stop talking about you, and this could be three in a row and, and five losing four out of five for Seattle, if that's the case. And uh, so this is a big week for Seattle for that reason, which is why I think it's going to be a bounce back. I think the cards and the Seahawks are going to end up splitting home and home with their series this year. And uh, I'm, I'm going to take the, I'll, I'll take the, the Seahawks by four points. How about that one over that spread? So I'll go Seattle. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, you mentioned Lockett blowing up while they kind of took DK away. I wish I knew he was healthier though, you know, like on a short, short week, I know he's probably going to play, but is he going to be able to exploit that the same way he did? Um, we'll see. Uh, one thing, though, I do think that works in Seattle's favor that has been overlooked the last couple weeks is Carlos Hyde isn't a great player, but he's a legit NFL running back, and they haven't really had one, and no one has honored their run game since Carson's been out at all. They get Hyde back tonight. I think he could you know, keep them ahead of the chains, give them something that they can kind of rely on in the backfield. Chris Carson's questionable. Pete Carroll said that he's close, that it's going to be a game-time decision, but that he did practice okay. this week and looked good and all the stuff that you did. And, and that was That'd be even better. Pete but. Carroll said, so I don't know if he's being coy there, and, and he knows he's not going to play, so he's going, he wanted to throw that out there. But that sounds positive, like he could play, but maybe he's not 100% even if he does. And I think it's a similar story with Tyler Lockett, uh, who is also listed as questionable, but is expected to play according to Adam Schefter. So if those guys are close to 100% and play at that level, I think that is obviously a huge boost for the Seahawks. It looks like they are both going to be on the field. Yeah. And then I'll lay the three. I mean, if I get that word at, yep. at, at kickoff, then I'm cool with it. If it's Lockett's going to give it a go, but we don't know how long he's going to play and Carson's out, then I'll probably take the points. But I like Seattle to win no matter what. And the Cardinals have been actually a sneaky, healthy team all season long for, for all the injury problems that have happened throughout the league. And even in that division, the Cardinals, maybe that's one of the things really helped them. There's been a lot of consistency there roster wise and depth chart wise throughout the season. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Is that going to keep up for the year and it's their year? And we've often talked about the war of attrition in this league. Uh, could they end up winning it? It's possible. Cardinals are a good team. And and I think it's time to stop looking at them as the, you know, the the underdog team that's playing really well yeah. and start expecting them to be one of the better teams because that's what they've proved they are so far. And this is a big one. And they have a, and like I said, they have a chance to, to roll out of this week 11 after a short week, knocking off the Seahawks that have been on top of the division for a long time and be like, yep, we're on top of the NFC West. Deal with it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. what they could do right now. And then Murray would have, um, and maybe it'd be even his award to lose at one at some point if he looks that good against the Seahawks this week. And, and their, yeah. their defense is a defense you can look good against. Without question, especially throwing the football. We didn't even mention DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure he blows up. Um, there's a couple teams like that that I've been stubborn, but Arizona, Miami, the Raiders, they might be real. It's going to be a fun one. Let's find out Thursday night, and let's find out who Chris Raybon likes in his Sunday six-pack of best bets coming up here in Week 11 next. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or whatever might have held you back, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. 
I watch in a number of different places. I watch every game all day, Sunday, again on Thursday, again on Monday. Uh, maybe if there's a second Monday night game as we get sometimes, I'm in on that too. And I'm watching uh, multiple games on multiple screens and I need refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. It is my pleasure to welcome once again onto the show Chris Raybon of the Action Network. You can find all of his work there at actionnetwork.com. There is the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast with he and his co-host Stucky, where uh, these picks come from. He's going to be making his six-pack of best bets for Week 11 Sunday, and you can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Chris, welcome to the show once again. I can't believe it's the 11th time we've done this. Week 11 Thursday is already upon us. I know, guys. It's uh, it's been fun doing this all year, and uh, I'm warning you, we got a uh, got six underdogs coming on this Ooh, on the six pack yeah. this week. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, not only with the NFL, but you got the NBA draft going on in mid November. The season is about to start next month. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah these are wild times. Upside down right now. Yeah, and the, the Masters week, and yeah, NFL draft, Masters week, and NFL week eleven, just like as just like we all expected. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, well, let's see. What, well, who's the first underdog then? Let's uh, let's get into this. Who is your underdog selection, your first pick in this Sunday, Week 11 NFL six-pack? Going with the Philadelphia Eagles, plus three and a half at the Cleveland Browns. And there's a few reasons to bet against the Browns. Uh, one is kind of, and, and by the way, I mean, shout out to Nick Chubb. Uh, because <laughs> anyone who had Cleveland, uh, Houston plus three and a half last week, uh, <laughs> you loved Nick Chubb for stepping out of bounds at the end of that game when he really didn't have to. I mean, it, it's amazing that the Falcons can lose games by scoring touchdowns and, you know, the Browns can win games and it, purposely not score touchdowns. But uh, you bet against the Browns for, you know, either because they're you don't think they're going to be able to kind of keep score with the, with the other team or because Baker Mayfield is going to face some pressure. And yep. in this matchup against the Eagles, it, it's, it sounds crazy because the Eagles have been a disaster this year, but the Eagles match up very well with the Cleveland Browns for a couple of reasons. Number one, Philadelphia is number six in pressure rate on defense and Baker Mayfield, this number keeps sinking. He's now 38 of 39 qualifiers in passer rating under pressure, just 30.8, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, you know, he had, I think, I, I want to say I, I counted like one or two good throws he's made under pressure all year. I think they all came in that Cincinnati game uh, that, that, that they kind of sh- shot out with a couple weeks ago. But um, he really struggles under pressure. That's been kind of his downfall. But you also look at the Eagles and how they match up with the Browns' run game, which, of course, has Nick Chubb healthy with Kareem Hunt. And the Eagles are number four in adjusted line yards allowed and number two in allowed running back yards per carry, just 3.37. So the Eagles can get pressure. They can stop the run. Uh, You never know what you're going to get with Carson Wentz on the other side, but the same can be said of Mayfield in this matchup. So love the Eagles, especially uh, getting the extra hook at three and a half here. Uh, With this Cleveland Brown team, we really, again, we talk about this every week. I mean, they really haven't beat anybody. They scored 
10 points. That's all it took to beat the Texans. They scored six the week before in the win game, lose to the uh, uh, in the game before, lose to the Raiders. So I'm uh, going to continue to take these underdogs against the Browns uh, if I'm getting the hook. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I think that you said that really well, that if a team can get them out of favorable down and distance situations and slow the running game, you don't have to stop it and have uh, the ability to pressure Mayfield, which Philadelphia absolutely does, that is a bad Browns matchup. I mean, we know what the Browns are. The coaching staff in Cleveland knows what they are. And, I mean, I know they're 6-3, and three, but they're minus 28 in point differential. I mean, Philadelphia is minus 29. They're the same. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That was that was one of the, the stats I had written down, actually, you know, is that you know, these teams have opposite records, essentially, and the same point differential. And, you know, for people out there listening that are not as familiar, uh, point differential is actually more predictive uh, of future performance sure. than win-loss record. Yeah, absolutely. Looks like some more weather there, too, in Cleveland. So I'm guessing you're going to pound the under on this game with uh, what we've seen with a couple of Browns games so far this year. There was last week and then the Raiders game. I think both were under a total of of 20 and uh, some more rain coming to Cleveland. I'm always scared of of betting Eagles unders on the road. Here's a crazy stat for you. Eagles totals on the road with Carson Wentz starting uh, in his career are 22 and 4 toward the over uh, wow. as long as the total is uh, you know, for, uh, under 48. So you kind of have that in this game, Ooh. kind of a mid-range total or below. For some reason, it's like the Eagles offense just wakes up on the road or they turn in a horrible defensive performance. I don't know. It could just be small sample noise, but uh, it's been happening his entire career. So uh, we'll see where it ends up because, yeah, you would think that with the weather, it would be another low-scoring game. I wonder if it's turnover related with Wentz. You know, like he makes the big plays. He's aggressive. But he also gives up a pick six, and boom, there's the over. Yeah, I, I don't know because he hasn't always been this bad. No, like, yeah, you right. know, so it, I think you know it's probably a combination of like the coaching staff maybe being a little more aggressive on the road, playing a little bit differently on defense. But I, I don't know. I just thought I'd point that out because it is a fascinating stat that I really I can't say take action on it, but it's just something I wanted to point out. That is the first of Sunday six-pack for week 11. The Eagles getting three and a half over the Browns. Who you got for pick number two? Going with the Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really, this is a classic kind of letdown spot for the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, in his career uh, as the coach of the Steelers, when they're a road, when when they are a uh, road favorite, by more than a field goal, uh, Tomlin's just 16 and 27, 37% uh, against the spread. You've also seen Big Ben kind of have some of these slower games in these spots. Uh, when he's a uh, road favorite of t- more than a point, 8 and 25 against the spread on uh, like non prime time, just like, you know, normal Sunday afternoon games. For some reason, this team just tends to come out flat in these spots uh, historically. And you look at the Jaguars and as bad as Luton has been under pressure, which you're, you expect for a young quarterback, this team has uh, been competitive, you know, in both, in, in both of their games, uh, they lose by two to the Houston Texans. And then they lose uh, by four to the green Bay Packers in a game. They, they really kind of gave the Packers a run for their money uh, in that, in that contest. So uh, going with the Jaguars pesky here, 
uh, and, and shop around for the wine because uh, we're using the, the BetMGM wines uh, at the time of recording. But uh, pretty sure you could probably find a 10 out there uh, for the for the home dog, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm seeing a 10 right now. You can definitely get that line if you're looking for it. Matt, I'm interested to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. And I, and I don't disagree with the Tomlin on the road, teams he should beat bad theory. Um, I just think Pittsburgh's a much better team, but that's a pretty big number with a low over under. So I have mixed feelings on it. The one thing I think I've noticed though, it's only two games with Luton is doesn't like pressure and he's going to be under pressure. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's obvious. It, yeah, this is right. really a, it's just a, you're, you're kind of betting on a Steelers letdown spot here. And, you know, this is how the books make money because I'll give you a, a, a trend that goes back all the way, you know, in our database, as long as we have live games to back to 2003, when a team, when you have a team like the Steelers uh, who are covering uh, by an average of five or more points per game uh, in week five or later going against an opponent that's, uh bad essentially a winning percentage of of 25 percent or worse 65 percent 101 and 55 with four pushes the bad team covers like these are you Mm. know these things just kind of even out over the course of the season and it's just difficult to you know continue to to play at a high level all year and um this just tends to be the spot where the Steelers have letdowns you know and 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 this is something that's kind of backed up by, you know, all the research that, that we've done. So, you know, even when you have a trend like this, you know, 60, 55, 60%, you're talking with the Tomlin with this, you know, there's still a 40% chance that they get the top blown off. But, uh, you know, this is kind of how you bet over, over the course of the long season. There's a lot of ugly picks, as we've talked about, pretty much week in, week out. Yeah, I mean, the Jags, like you said, just had that game against Green Bay. The Steelers just had that game two weeks ago against Dallas where the better team won, but barely, and, you know, it was you know, close. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ask anyone who bet the Packers, you know, to cover last week. I mean, it was it was not pretty. And this is what's hard for the normal fan that's out there betting on a weekend, you know, at a casino or something, and it's like, oh, the pretty unbeaten Steelers and the, ooh, the ugly Jaguars. Like, how could you even bet that, right? And then that's where a professional better comes in. It's like, yeah, I'm going to bet on that ugliness all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, this is kind of I said at the top, you know, six underdogs just always kind of put your put your uh, put your feet in the, the shoes of the sports book. You know, they know that more people are going to bet on, on the favorite. More money is going to come in on the favorite. This happens in almost every single game. And so uh, which way is that line going to be shaded and which way which way is there going to be value? It's generally going to be. Uh, on the underdog, unless you have like a situation where there's like a really trendy underdog, which happens every once in a while. But more often than not, the ugly side is actually going to be the right side if you want to be profitable over the longer term. Two down, four to go in the Week 11 Sunday six-pack with Chris Rabon coming up. We've got all underdogs today, Chris. Eagles, Jags so far. Who's pick number three in your six-pack? Going with the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. And both of these teams, not as good as when they met in the postseason last uh, last year, in, in Jan- or rather this year in January. But you look at the Ravens and they are going through some things right now. I mean, they lose Nick Boyle, who a lot of people may not be familiar with. He's the number two tight end, but he is so essential uh, to what they do, block, uh, run blocking, uh, and even in their pass game. Uh, you know, he allows Mark Andrews to be, you know, more of a receiver. 
so losing him is big. And then, you know, of course, they already lost their their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, uh, Matt Skura, their centers having a lot of trouble snapping the football. And, and then on the defensive side, you're you're probably going to be without Calais Campbell uh, and Brandon Williams, two key run defenders. And you're going against the team uh, in Tennessee that can run the football with Derrick Henry. That's that's one thing they do very well. Uh, and also another issue is when you're kind of banged up on defense, uh, you're going to ha- like Tennessee, you have to score um, uh, on Tennessee. So it's, it, it, it hurts that you're banged up on offense. But you look at it on the other side and Baltimore's defense, they've generally kind of subsisted on the fact that they don't allow teams to get to the red zone. Uh, but when they do, they're allowing the highest red zone touchdown conversion rate in it's the amazing. league. It's amazing. And what, is, and what does Tennessee do? Like, what is their one thing that, like, you know Tennessee is going to give you week in and week out? Red zone production. Uh, Tennessee's number two in the league uh, in red zone efficiency. So uh, this is just a matchup where you're getting, you know, six, six and a half points, depending on the book. Uh, we got six and a half uh, in a game that, I mean, as we saw last week, Tennessee could flat out win this game just like the New England Patriots did just by running the football and not making the the, the costly mistakes. So uh, I think this line, is, is, the number is way too big, especially just given Baltimore's injuries uh, in this situation. Yeah, it's amazing because I almost had to do a double take. I just did a video on this game and I'm like points per game, yards per play, third downs, Ravens defense is at the top of the league as you would expect. But they're the worst in the league in the red zone. I'm like, wow, did I write that properly? I went back and checked the stats. I'm like, that's that shocks me. And that's one thing that I actually believe in. I mean, a lot of people thought it was fluky. Tannehill takes over. They can't keep up this red zone production. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. I, I mean, it's a pretty big sample size now. One thing I do want to throw out in this game, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but wow, was there a special teams advantage for the Red <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and this is and this is uh, the risk you take betting Tennessee. And you know the the one thing that they have kind of going in their favor is that you're playing a bad red zone team that you and you you're good in the red zone. So you know you would hope that it wouldn't come down to something like a kick. Uh, but you're also you know the the number is six. It's not three or three and a half. Yeah, you know, right. so like you're you're in a situation where uh, it's less likely to, to matter. But yeah, uh, this is the opposite of the Miami Dolphins. Like this is a very bad team that anytime Goskowski lines up for a kick, you're, you're holding your breath. But uh, this, this is just a spot that favors the Titans and a number that's kind of assuming the Ravens are just more or less the team they've always been rather than this one that's kind of weakened and, and kind of ironing out some rough patches and dealing with some, some key injuries uh, here midseason. Yeah. That special teams nugget to me is more about, Picking who's going to win. I mean, six to me doesn't change that a lot. Six seems like a big number. Yeah. Again, like what were the Ravens favored? I think they closed at six or six and a half last week against the Patriots. They were seven for most of the week. And I think, you know, some big money came in on the Patriots and uh, it closed around six, six and a half. And, you know, we saw what happened. It was a competitive game that the Ravens probably could have won if, you know, some you know, those two snaps, you know, those those bad snaps really changed the, the, the game, I think, for them and, and the weather. But, uh, you know, that Stanley and, and then to lose Boyle, I mean, that that's just a key loss for them in addition to the guys on defense. And losing Yonda in the offseason is one of the biggest, you know, biggest losses of any team, period. And now, now they're down like their four best blockers from last year, including Boyle. 
Yeah, and 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 you know, even though Tennessee's been really bad on defense, they're actually second in coverage grade at Pro Football Focus, and they released you know their worst coverage player a couple of weeks ago in Jonathan Joseph. So like that's also not a great recipe given this Baltimore team is struggling you know to to get guys open. And, 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 you know, move the ball in the pass game the way they were last year. And it, that kind of got kickstarted in, in a way with Tennessee and their game plan against them in that playoff game. Now, uh, the one thing I will say that that is in Baltimore's favor, Tennessee doesn't have uh, Dean Pease anymore. So uh, will they be able to replicate that, that game plan? That remains to be seen because the defense has dropped off this year. Uh, right. But, you know, either way, Baltimore is just a weakened team that I, I think at this point uh, shouldn't be favored by this much against a, a solid team. Not not a team that's playing as well as they were last year when they met, but but still a solid uh, Titans team. Three down, three to go in the week 11 Sunday six pack. Who's your fourth selection for the Action Network, Chris? The uh, Atlanta Falcons plus five at the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Saints are great. They're, they're well coached. Uh, but you look at this spot and the, the issue here is with these, with, with Drew Brees not out, you're introducing, you know, higher variance at, at the quarterback position, uh, whether it's Jameis Winston, especially if it's Jameis Winston, uh, and, you know, Taysom Hill, of course, mixing in. That's a totally different scenario then Drew Brees, and, and who's a guy that's not going to turn the ball over, that's going to make the right throw, it's going to keep you in you know manageable situations. Uh, and you look at this Falcon team, and since Raheem Morris took over, uh, they have only allowed more than 23 points on defense once. Uh, they're allowing 22.4 in, in the five games that he's coached versus uh, 34 in, in the four games that Dan Quinn coached. And we saw this last year a little bit when Morris took more control of the defense, uh, that they played a lot better over the second half of this year. And so uh, anytime you have a situation like this uh, with, you know, a high variance quarterback, a team that has a certain perception that's playing a lot better and a team that in, in the, the Falcons that they can play, you know, if, if the Saints offense is still hitting, you know, on all cylinders, the Falcons can play shootout ball with, yeah. with the Saints. You know, they have that ability. Uh, you know, they're not going to be able to run it. That's, that's kind of the, the one issue with the Falcons, but they haven't been able to run it much this year period so uh like the falcons getting five here another game i think you know the falcons could go in there and you know people might not expect it but i I could absolutely see the falcons coming away with the upset i would imagine calvin ridley's back and and you kind of mentioned this it goes without saying there's a much better chance winston throws you know hurts the turnover differential more than breeze Absolutely. And that's really the most impactful thing. It, it, you can't predict it necessarily as like turnovers are a lot harder to predict, um, sure. but they are the most impactful uh, uh, event that can you know alter the outcome of a football game. And at this point, you know, the Saints are just going to be more likely to turn the football over and Falcons defense playing a lot better. Falcons playing a lot better, period. I mean, you know, this oh, team yeah. really turned a corner. Dan Quinn just you know, it just wasn't getting through to these guys. So yeah, just a different Falcons team, I think, and one that has a great chance of uh, not only keeping it close, but I actually think they, they have a great chance of winning this game. Eagles, Jaguars, Titans, Falcons. Who's the fourth or the fifth selection here in your Sunday six pack, Chris? The Cincinnati Bengals. They got to win on the road one of these days under Zach Taylor, I think. And, you know, they're, they're plus two against Washington, plus one at some books. Uh, this is a great spot for them. You look at Washington and, it has been wholly unimpressive ever since Ron Rivera declared that they were going to make a play for this division. They were going to bench Haskins. 
you know, obviously some bad luck played into that losing then Kyle Allen. But you look at Washington in, in their last five games, they've lost twice to the three and seven Giants responsible for two of their three wins. They've lost to the, the four and five Lions uh, in the last two games. They got outscored 20 to three in the first half by the Giants. They got outscored 24 to three in the first half by the Lions. That's a combined score of 47 to six uh, that they've been outscored by in the first half. Uh, and, you know, they've made it closer at the end. And so it might not set off the uh, alarm signals, but that is not good for you, like your game plan. You know, it doesn't say a lot about your game plans that you're getting just throttled by some of the league's weaker teams uh, straight out of the gate. And then at the other hand, you look at the Bengals and their losses, you know, uh, total contrast to Washington. They've lost to eight and no Pittsburgh, six and three Baltimore, uh, six and three Indianapolis, Six and three Cleveland twice, although I don't think Cleveland's quite as good as that record as we spoke about, sure. but still sure. a, a you know a, a solid team. Only one of their losses uh, to the Chargers uh, was to a team that hasn't won two thirds of its games, and, and that game we we saw could have gone either way. Uh, came down to a kick at the end. Uh, this is a great uh, you know it's, this is a great kind of perception spot where I think people kind of look at these two teams, just two bad teams, but one has gone against and, and played better against a lot higher level uh, of competition than the other Cincinnati also getting healthier uh, on the offensive line, which, which will help because uh, they've been, you know, when Burrow gets, he's not completely under siege. He's making plays out there. Bobby Hart and Jonah Williams expected back. Those are their two uh, best offensive linemen. The offensive line, getting them back is huge going against that Washington defensive yep. line and uh, the rookie Chase Young. And, and obviously that's the strength of that Washington team. So that'll, that'll be a big one. And that could that could be a two point swing right there for the Bengals. Just getting those two guys back. All right, let's finish this up strong. Chris, who you got the sixth and final selection of your week 11 Sunday six pack. The Dallas Cowboys plus seven at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is another spot where just kind of going off the perceptions for most of the year, you know, Dallas has been outright horrible. They didn't even cover until what was it like a, a week or two ago. I mean, it's been really bad for them, but uh, you have Minnesota kind of coming off this uh, short rest. You have Dallas on long rest and, you know, you just expect uh, kind of, I think a, a similar game script to play out to that Pittsburgh game where you probably think Minnesota is going to be able to pull it out. I think Minnesota's, uh, I mean, that Justin Jefferson pick is looking so much better, especially okay. in contrast to what the Eagles did. I mean, you know, Jalen Rager has as many yards the whole year as Jefferson had like last week, but uh, you know, this is just a bad spot for the Vikings. And you look at, this is another one of these things where this is how the books make money. Uh, you look at a team like Dallas that's covered 30% or less of the time, against a team like the Vikings that's covered 50% or more of the time uh, from week six on. So, you know, probably mid-season on. Uh, the bad team, the team that hasn't been covering, is 179 and 114 with 11 pushes. That's a 61% uh, win rate against the spread going back to 2003. Uh, it, you know, it's just a situation where you expect the Cowboys' best effort. They're still alive for the division. Uh, and Minnesota, a little bit uh, just, uh, you know, in terms of the rest advantage, the preparation advantage at a disadvantage here. So uh, going with the boys as an ugly, hold your nose, pick number six for the Sunday six pack. You know, last time we saw the, the Cowboys, they played the Steelers super tough and Gilbert played well. Dalton coming back, which sounds like it's going to be the case. I assume is a good thing. He's an NFL quarterback, but 
he got benched for Ryan Finley last year and <laughs> didn't look it didn't look good when relief of Dak, no. and that's probably too hard on the guy. There's other reasons for the Finley benching too. But if they can hold up against the run, they'll be in it. I mean, I just think the Vikes are that obvious. If Cook runs for 200, they're going to win and probably win big. If they can keep them around 100, they'll probably be in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the NFL, and this is kind of what I've been preaching all year. It's like a lot of these picks are going to sound so ugly when you make them. And, I mean, I I don't know the final numbers on on that Dallas-Pittsburgh game, but I'm pretty sure, like, uh, the – overwhelming majority of bets were on the the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game, despite the fact that it was just a, a, a you know, an obvious kind of wet down spot. And, and this is another spot that the situation just favors Dallas, uh, you know, and uh, we know the Vikings are the better team, but that's, that's not how you bet. You can, you can bet the money line with the Vikings, of course, but you're, you're still not getting good value because that's going to be inflated relative to the odds uh, of them actually winning the game. But, you know, betting the spread, you're going to have to take these ugly teams, you know, these really ugly teams. And uh, it's been profitable for us all year. And uh, that's why, you know, that's why the books are making these lines the way they are. You know, if, if, if action was coming in kind of balanced on both sides, I think it would be a little bit more efficient. But what happens is almost every game, the, the public tends to bet on the uh, favorite or the better team and that there's usually value on the other side. That is Chris Raybon. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find him at actionnetwork.com. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Chris. I always learn a lot every Thursday when you join the show to make your six-pack. I appreciate you coming on again. Always a pleasure, guys. Good luck this weekend.